You're listening to a Bible lesson taught in the youth group at Trinity Baptist Church. We hope this Bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the Lord. All right, let's read 1 Timothy 4.12. If you have a Bible and you turn there, then read it from there. If you don't have a Bible and it's on your handout, let's read 1 Timothy 4.12 together in our always enthusiastic way of together reading. 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. It only gets better. Yes. Last time, of course, we talked about word, and we talked about how the power of our words. What is the source of our words from last time? I know that we had our missionary last week. The heart. The heart. Yes. Thank you, Jay. Yes. Our, our heart. So the power of our words comes from our hearts, as we're exhibiting right here. The, <laughs> it comes from our heart. Um, speaking of last week, because I know we had a missionary last week, but I will tell you, um, I got to, I think I told some of you guys, I got to drive the missionary over to Saginaw. And Brother Raju, Solomon Raju, and he was talking about um, his arranged marriage. And I got to ask him a whole lot of stuff about India. And he, he was a fun guy to talk to. I told my wife that I wish we could have, I could have recorded our conversation because there was a lot of cool stuff that they do in India or the way they think about things. And like, they look at us, and they have biblical reasons, like even for things like um, arranged marriages and things. And it was great to hear his take on it. And like when it comes to it, I mean, you can't argue with what they do. He said, it's not like the Disney movies have it to where you have to, you have to get married from somebody that your parents pick. It's totally not that way. So we had a good talk, but that was just from last week because we weren't here last week. But we talked about the source of our words. The solution of our words is for time with God and accountability. Now, I'm not going to ask for the sake of being sadly disappointed, but hopefully you went through your project and you prayed daily to let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You got another assignment for Lord willing this week that it may take you a little bit of time to do, but I think it will be well worth it to you. But today we're going to look at conversation. So the whole thing we're looking at is being examples. So we looked at example in words, the things that we say, looking at being an example of conversation. The word in conversation there means external appearances or actions, behavior, general course of manners. So our conversation, our external appearances or actions. Now here's what happens when we first jump into this thing about externals. We love external just because it is so easy to do what you're supposed to do when somebody tells you. I mean, I know we act like it's a hard thing, but really it's not. If someone says you need to wear this, it's easy to were that, and sometimes think you're spiritual. So as we look at conversation today and our behavior, I'm going to tell you what we are not trying for. We are not trying for young people that act a certain way, live a certain way, do a certain thing, and somehow just think that they're spiritual. Because once again, if we go to the Pharisees, the Pharisees would have been kings of that. They get into the, they get into the marketplace, and they fall on their knees and start praying out loud. Everybody that looks around and says, Whoa, the Pharisees are so spiritual how much they love God. But they don't. They're doing it for outward show. And so when we talk about being an example of a conversation, I do not want anybody to think tonight that I want you to come around and go through our youth group and be a good young person. I really have no desire for it. Because good young people are the same young people that do really stupid things. I have a desire for us to be godly young people that we desire God. Morals. On the outside, do nothing. I know a lot of teenagers right now that are moral. 
They don't do bad things. They're not around sleeping with the people. They're not drinking alcohol. They're not doing drugs. But you know what? They're doing nothing for God. And I could care less about having a whole youth group full of good kids. I want to youth group full of godly people. So as we look at that tonight, as we look at conversation, that's what we're going for. We want externals that are right because the internals are right. So let's go on. Conversation. External appearances are actions, behavior, general course of manners. Why is my conversation or behavior so important? Number one, I am called to behave in a certain way. I am called to behave a certain way. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16 says this. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the form of lust and your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. So when we look at conversation, our behavior, we're to behave a certain way because we are called that. Now, we look at our command, number one, we're commanded to be holy. And we look at the word command and we say, I hate someone commanding me to do something. Something in all of us, if we're even hungry and someone says, I command you to eat, there's parts of us and sometimes in us that says, I don't want to eat just because you commanded me to do it. I'll starve. I'll sit here and starve because I don't want anybody to command me to do anything. But you know what? God has commanded us to be holy, to live sanctified and set apart. Now, let's, let's look at holy for just a second, because I think we got a whole wrong definition of holy. But holy, set apart from sin and dedicated to God. Holy, set apart from sin and dedicated to God. So, as we look at holiness, now let's, let's see. As being a Christian teenager, and we're called to holiness. I'm going to use this for, for illustration here. Think. This is what our definition of holy is. Who can I use here? Come here, Andrew. Go ahead. This will probably be the worst thing I ever did, but I'm going to do it. This is our definition of holy. Go ahead and sit down. Our definition of holy, when we say, hey, we are supposed to be holy as God is holy, our definition of holy is, and our externals is, to be a person that when people walk by, they say, wow, that's Andrew Curtin. He is holy. Like, he, he's living for God. I mean, he, he reads his Bible. He's holy. We think that holiness is when God says, be holy, that we're like a mini God, that I am holy, that when we walk by them, we, when we're in their presence, oh, man, if I'm going to be holy, that means I'm going to have, like, some kind of awe around me. Exactly. That, that is, this is the way we view holiness. If I ask you to be holy, most of us have this High thing of holiness. Oh, well, be holy. It means I, I, I can't watch anything on television because holy people don't watch anything on television. Oh, it means I, I can only say like five words because there's only probably five words acceptable unto the Lord, so I can't say much. And we have this, that holy is sitting in the middle. Everyone looks at me, and I am to be magnified in praise because I am living for God. Can I tell you what really holiness is? Thank you, Andrew. You can go sit down. Yeah, in your own chair, not that one. <laughs> Told you it was my worst probably thing to ever do. Holiness is this. Holiness is me purposely, uh, for illustration's sake, this is me in my life purposely walking over here, setting this down, and me living for God 
and doing what God has and separating myself from things that are evil, not because I'm on a pedestal, but because I desire to be used. All right? So I come over here, and I sit down, and I live a separated life. Not in the middle, not for everybody to see, but I live a life that's separated because I desire to be used. Let me give you a better illustration. Some of you guys, or, well, some of the guys may understand this, and I had, I had, I remember when I played basketball, I bought a special pair of Jordans every year that only were for the ball court. Like, I didn't wear them anywhere else. I take, I put on, when I walk off the court, I take them off, I put them in their back in their box, put the little stuffing back into them, and I fold the box clothes, and I carried out the box out in regular street shoes, the Jordans that I wore last year. <laughs> but, I would, but these shoes, they don't do anything, but they don't do anything but touch the court. You know what? Those Jordans are set apart because I use them for something. Now, follow with me for just a second because I want you to get this. As we look at our conversation, how we behave ourselves, we are to be an example of the believers in a way that says, you know what, I'm going to live for God not because I'm special. Not because I want everyone to know how much Aaron Burton prays. Because I want everybody to know how much Aaron reads his Bible. I'm going to separate myself from sin for the one reason this. I want God to use me. That's holiness. Do you want God to use you? Do you really actually want God to use you? Or is it just something we say? Because, see, holiness says, I don't watch things that are wrong on television, not because I desire for everyone to know what I do and how I look. I want them to know I don't do that because I want to be used by God to the fullest of my potential. You know what? I don't engage with that kind of relationship with the opposite gender because, not because I think that I have to obey some kind of rules, it's because, no, I'm going to step back. I desire to be holy. I'm going to separate myself to be used by God. I'm not going to listen to that. Not. Why? Because I want everybody to think I'm spiritual? No. It has nothing to do with that. That I can be separated to God's use. So God commands me. He commands you guys to be holy, to be set apart, to be used for him. So let me ask you this. We know the verse says we're going to be vessels of honor that God can use. What are you doing right now in your life to separate yourself? What are you separating yourself from, not because you're so spiritual, but because you desire to be used by God? Now, I know, we, we go back to missionaries, Eric Little, uh, David Livingston, all these guys, Nate Saint. When you go back to the old school missionaries that did great things for God, some of them did things that we would consider really dumb. Eric Little, I'm not going to run on Sunday. I don't care if it's the Olympics. I'm not going to run on Sunday. Nate Saint, his dad wouldn't even let him get, they wouldn't even get the Sunday paper at their house because they thought the Sunday was the Lord's Day and they didn't want anything happening secularly in the world. Now, and on, they didn't want anything secular to come into their house. Now, all these things we'd say are extreme. Whoa, what in the world? What's wrong with running on Sunday? What's wrong with this? But if you look into all these men's lives, they had this desire. I want to be used and however God can use me. So if we look at being an example, something to be modeled after, we need to be in our behavior. 
So why do I need to be, why is my behavior so important? Number one, because God has called me to holiness. Hey, as he has called you to holy, be holy. It is not that I'm going to make myself a little God. It's because I want to make myself useful in whatever way that God can use me. Number two, I mean, let me fill in that brain. Holiness is not a Christian on a pious pedestal, but a Christian purposely separated from evil and dedicated to God. Is a Christian purposely, and that's key, on purpose, separated himself from evil and dedicated to God. <clears throat> Second reason my behavior is so important. Why do I need to be an example of the believer? It's to others are observing my behavior. Others are observing my behavior. 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12, you have it written there. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. One of the, sometimes one of the things that keeps us from doing what we know is right and is sad is because we know if we did it, what was right, no one would know and no one would care. Sometimes we stop from probably doing be all that we can be because we're like, well, if I read my Bible, no one's going to know and no one really cares if I read my Bible or not. If I try to live for the Lord, no one's going to know. But you know what? The Bible says in that verse in 1 Peter that there are people observing your life. Let me ask you this question. If right now your life, any of us in here, your life was the only person I'm the only life an unsaved person saw, would they come to know Jesus Christ? Would they come to know Jesus Christ? If all they saw was your life, if they hung out with you, and I'm talking, they knew nothing about Jesus Christ, would they, would they ever come to Jesus Christ? Hey, the reason you have to be an example of a believer is because others are observing your life. Does your life point others to Jesus Christ? Now, for us, and some of us go to Christian school. All our friends are Christians. We don't know anybody, really. If we come to it, some of you may say, you know what, I don't even know anybody who's really unsaved, which I think of all the thought hard enough, we know lots of people that are unsaved. But we may say in the preliminary, you know what, I don't know anybody. My life doesn't influence. The Word of God says differently. And what we need is young people in a world where the culture says, hey, live the life you want to live. Do what you want to do. Hey, if it feels good, do it. Uh, young people that would personally say, you know what, I'm going to be separated because I want my life to point people to Jesus Christ. Read that it says. It says, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Now, I don't want to get to, I guess sometimes we get theological answers, and I, I enjoy it, but sometimes I don't want to lose you guys here. But really, in all technicality, as the song goes, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. And sometimes for us as materialistic, sad, pathetic Americans, to be honest, we live for what is now. All we care about is for what is now. We don't care about other people. And when we look at this, Paul's, I mean, Peter says, we're strangers and pilgrims here. Our whole goal as we pass through this earth is to bring honor and glory to our Heavenly Father. So that everyone, that men may see my good works and glorify God in heaven. What am I doing that magnifies Jesus Christ? 
Or do I make people look at Jesus Christ and say, well, if that's what a Christian is like, I would have to do it. Or even this, hey, I'm fine. I'm just like they are. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, I want you to be an example. Something to be modeled after. Fill in your last blank. Do people desire to know your Savior based on your behavior? <clears throat> Do people desire to know your Savior based on your behavior? I'm going to ask you this, and then we're gonna, we'll be done. But this is important, so I want you to fold your paper, do whatever, and pay attention real quick. As you live your life, the things that you do are important no matter what culture says. Society tells us now, right now, that these years that you have right now are pretty much for you to figure things out. Just being honest. They say, hey, as, when you're a teenager, you experiment with all those things that one day when you get an adult, you can't do. So, hey, experiment with, whether it be sexuality, experience with alcohol, experience drugs, experience whatever. I mean, any, any gamut of whatever the, the world says, hey, you experiment with it. You do it in your teen years and get it out of the way. But the word of God says this. Right now, your behavior matters. How you lived your life. Some of you talk to your parents like they are second-class citizens. Some of you act to authority in a way that does not please God at all. Some of us live in a way, but we call ourselves Christians, and we sing the songs, and we dress the part. And just like I said, the outwards, externals are all look good. But when it comes on the inside, we're not what we ought to be. And in a society, we need. Can I say I need? Young people that are willing to be holy because God's called them to be holy. Young guys that are willing to say, you know what? I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal. But I do read my Bible. I do pray. And you know why? Because I desire God to use me. Young lady said, I, I'm not going to do that. Not because I want everybody to say I'm so holy and because I'm a Pharisee. No, because I desperately desire God to do something in my life and use me to the fullest extent. Or even to the point where you would say, you know what? I want my behavior to influence someone else for the cause of Christ. Because right now, I don't even have to say my life. I look at it, and there's a place I've been going. I go fishing sometimes Tuesday mornings. And there's a guy that I, Mr. Cole, I call him. Me and Sean went out there, and he wasn't out there. But there's a guy named Mr. Cole. And I was out fishing the other day, and I usually walk by him, and I talk to him. And he, he's an older guy. And he just always talks. He's hard to understand because he's pretty old, and he just, but he loves going out fishing. And we've talked a couple times. And every time I went back the last time I went fishing, and I thought, you know what? I've talked to Mr. Cole like three or four times. I bet Mr. Cole doesn't even know I'm a pastor. Mr. Cole doesn't even know I go to church. Mr. Cole doesn't even know that I really care about his soul. You know what? As I was fishing, that really got to me. Because, see, in a world where my behavior, I've been challenged for my behavior to influence and bring other people to Christ, it's not enough. For me just to have, to wear the right clothes, not curse, it requires my behavior to go to another level. 
that I would magnify and bring people to Christ. And so I did get up, and I went back, and I gave Mr. Cole a track, and I invited him to church and told, asked him if there was anything I could ever do. I wrote my phone number, and I said, hey, if there's anything I can ever do for you, Mr. Cole, you need me. I want you to give me a call, and I want to be a help to you in any way I can. You know what? In my own life, I'm still learning this, that my, my behavior, that's loud. Can somebody shut that? <laughs> my behavior in my life affects other people. And so as we're called tonight, and I know that we have a lot of things going on, there's stuff going on there, and we're from a school day. Let me just challenge you with this. In your life, be willing to be an example of the believer in your behavior. How you handle everyday sin. Why? Because, number one, God's called you to be holy. He's called you to separate yourself from those things that are evil so that he can use you. And secondly, because other people are looking at your behavior, and it's impacting people, whether you believe it or not. The Bible says in 1 Peter, they will behold your works. If you think nobody else is looking, they are, people are looking at you and desiring, I mean not desiring, but looking at you and seeing how you live your life. Is that bringing people to Jesus Christ or is that just glorifying our own flesh? So as we look at it this week, you have on the back there Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul gives a couple situations where he says, this is how the average person reacts in their behavior. He goes through anger, stealing, and all those things. He said, this is how the average person acts, but this is how you are to react as a Christian. And I want you to look at those things because that is the key, is living different than the world does. There's a lot of people who don't curse, but there's not a lot of people who praise the Lord. There's a lot of people who don't get angry. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't steal, but there's not a lot of people who work hard so they can meet the needs of others, as Paul talks about Ephesians. And Paul says, hey, you want me to tell you what? Everybody does this, but I want you to change your whole mind and do this to counter it. And that's in Ephesians chapter 4. So this week, I want you to look at that as we look through as our behavior. I want my behavior to excel and to make, bring honor and glory to God. Let's pray. Dearly Father God, I thank you so much for your word. And God, I pray that in my feeble attempt, God, to clarify these things and to bring it, Lord, I pray that we would be holy. God, I pray that you give us young people that desire Lord, to separate themselves unto you, not because we have to, but Lord, because we desire to be used by you. And then, God, I do pray that our behavior, even in this room, God, would glorify your name. Lord, that, Lord, the young people that look at, up to these young people, God, that they would see Christ glorified and magnified. God, as they go to school, God would be magnified and glorified in their life. And so, Lord, we, we need your help in these things because, Lord, they're counter to everything we do in our natural flesh. But Lord, if you'd help us, we can do it. And pray the same thing in my own life. Give us a good night tonight. Uh, prepare us for the week ahead. We'll thank you for all in Jesus' name. Amen.